Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 5.45 to go. Earns a first down throw. Hit as he throws the ground down field. A.J. got it at the 10-yard line. A.J. is a phenomenal player. He just has this unbelievable ability to come down with the football. Um... Nobody catches the ball as pretty as A.J. Brown. I would, I thought I would never say this, but but I think this week at practice, A.J. was having an unbelievable practice, and I went up to Mr. Laurie and I go, I, I'm like, there's no way I ever thought this would have came out of my mouth. Thanks for the $100 million to pay A.J. Brown. I really appreciate that. Like a guy from Jamestown, New York, and I, I never thought I'd ever say, hey, thanks for the $100 million to pay A.J. Brown. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. Served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. The boys are back from Philadelphia. I'm back from the couch. They're back from a very successful trip from Philadelphia, and that was Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni off the top. Being very thankful for A.J. Brown. Underrated personality, Nick Sirianni. He plays the villain really well. Mike McDaniel, who we love, uh, has an awesome personality as well. He gets a lot of the credit. But Nick Sirianni, quietly... The brain is ticking with him. He's got a good sense of humor. Very different he does human have, beings. He does have. A, he absolutely has a good sense of humor too. And I completely understand like everything he's saying right there. I will tell you, Philadelphia was such a huge success, Connor. It was great. And literally, as soon as it, we were done with the show, I went to NBC and I said, "Hey, I, Mr. NBC, I just thank you for the twelve bucks to get me Jay Croucher. Thank, he is worth every penny." Thank you for the twelve dollars to get me Jay Croucher. Don't forget the dollaritas. Uh, and the dollaritas. I mean, we paid him actually. Just the twelve dollars. It was twelve dollars and unlimited dollaritas. Yeah, the uh, dollaritas. I will tell you this well, about those dollaritas. Yes, um, they got on smooth, dude. I, I mean, like you should have seen Barry. Was I was legit hammered there for the well, second I, hour. I did watch quite a bit of it last night. When I sat down and do, uh, during halftime, I was like, "Let me see how this went." Uh, and I saw the man in the four dollar ninety nine cent Matthew Barry costume. I felt yeah. a little responsible for how much I encouraged that throughout the week. So, listen, we will recap some oh, pregame. One thing I decide. Yes. Here's oh, this guy. Here's oh, the guy. This is, this is perfect. This is so. This guy came dressed as Matthew Barry, and I like that he put little little to no effort into it, other than just he threw on a bald cap and a blazer. But honestly, like I don't put much much work into my appearance either. I think this is appropriate. The real scary thing is that he kept on wearing it for like the first hour of the show as he was just having lunch with his family. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So I kept on looking over and like, oh, yeah. He's still looking terrifying. And that's yeah. Crazy. There's the crew. Hu- huge crowd came out. We appreciate everyone in, uh, it wasn't North Philadelphia. Northeast. It was Northeast Philadelphia we were. Uh, and um, uh, the entire crew there at Applebee's was uh, incredibly welcoming. Huge crowd came out. I was 
candidly, you know, you never know how many people are going to come to these things. And so we had people come from from all over. We had people dress up. Um, we, like one guy came dressed as Indiana Jones. Like we encouraged. You see a guy there in the back. Some guy brought his uh, his bird helmet that he wore. <laughs> yeah. A bird. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, it was a giant hat. It was a thing. giant hat. It was like a yeah. It was a it was a hat for a hat. And it was just like one of these things where it was just like um, he said he bought it at a garage sale for three dollars. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, what did your wife say when you showed up with this thing? You know that you bought a three dollar eagle's head at a garage sale. He says, well, she encouraged it. Mm. And I was just like, that's, that man married that's true well. Love. That's he, true love. That is true love. And that Matthew, is finding your soulmate right there. And that, that eagle head has a story now from going from a $3 purchase at a garage sale to being on Football Night in America, the most watched show in America. So we got a little bit of run uh, on, the, on the big show. Matthew Barry and the fantasy football pregame gang was in a Philadelphia Applebee's this morning, and it was 5 o'clock somewhere. Plenty of fans showed up. We've got mascots. We've got it all. And somehow, Matthew has made his way to the field for the DraftKings Sportsbook 3-play. Yes, thank you, Marie. I made it out alive. The Philadelphia Eagles faithful will out in full force. They were out in full force as well. So it was awesome to meet everyone. I just want to before, and we're going to get into everything from week seven, I promise. But one last thing, I just wanted to pull up here. Uh, do you have that picture that I sent you, Stephen? Let's th- let's show this up. So this is a picture right here. You see this right here on your screen. So this is a picture of Nicole, and that is her husband Ben in the back, and their beautiful family. And Nicole told me a story that ten years ago, her and Ben had started dating, and Ben was a big fantasy football fan, and she, you know, she was in the throes of uh, courtship. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love fantasy football. I love, I love football. Big fan. She's never played before in her life. Just right with and it. So, right, but, she, you know, you, when you're dating, you, you tell little lies, whatever, to, you know, ingratiate yourself with the other person. And so what she says to me, she says, so, so, uh, so anyway, uh, they've been dating like a month or two at something like that. And then all of a sudden, uh, Ben's fantasy league at the last minute has somebody drop out. And he's just like, Nicole. Why don't you join the league? You're a big player. You love it. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, crap. And just, like she had an hour to do the draft. And she's like, oh, no. She's guys, I know nothing about fantasy football. She's like, so I quickly Googled, and your name came up, and your whatever, your preseason love-hate for whatever that year was. And so all I did was just use that article and draft. And in week one, I'm playing my boyfriend, and I beat him. Right. And so he was just like, wow, you really know what you're doing, everything like that. And she said eventually a couple months in, she revealed to Ben that she didn't really know anything about fantasy football. She was just literally just reading like one column every single week. And uh, since then, they started reading the column together. It became something they did as a couple. And they have now been to uh, they've been together for over a decade. And they obviously have a beautiful family. Love, hate brought them together. Fantasy football brought them together. And I can't tell you how awesome I thought that that like the, the fans were great. Everything w- was amazing in terms of the, the turnout and the fun and the, the Indiana Jones and the Eagles head. But, like, <laughs> that, like, honestly, like, seeing a family that came out of, you know, fantasy yeah. football, that, that was a bonding moment for, for that couple. They were awesome. Anyway, that's, the whole thing was, that's like, fantastic. that's that the awesome, stuff that no. makes it uh, worth doing. Last thing, Connor, I will never forget. I think it was in the ad break after segment two. Matthew, with the kind of glazed look in his eyes as the dollar readers started to do their work, he turned to me and he was like, I think I'm in a bit of trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Somebody quick, take a wheel. I, I quickly ordered pre- I said, can we get an order of pretzels? Stat. Yes. I got I to gotta throw something in my gullet yeah, here. Fill the table with that. Soak up some dollaritas. Um, oh, I, they go down smooth, I'm just going to tell you. Um, big fan. 
Uh, anyway, big, big fan of, uh, we appreciate Applebee's hosting us. And again, thanks so much to everyone in Philadelphia that came out and celebrated with us. We had people come, we had people that had driven an hour. We had, we had one woman that had come from Mississippi, mm. all things, uh, you know, it was, uh, um, yeah, it was awesome. A great start to the great day start. for everybody in Philadelphia and a great night for everybody, all those Philadelphia fans as well. As we jump into our Roto World player news, I mean, who else to start with here, guys, than A.J. Brown, who catches 10 of his 15 targets for 137 yards and a touchdown. This is A.J. Brown's fifth consecutive 125-plus yard game. It's just been absolutely ridiculous what he's doing right now in this Eagles offense. And I think A.J. Brown, he goes a little bit under the radar, which is weird to say because he's A.J. Brown, but I think Chris Sims had a good tweet this morning where he said basically the three best wide receivers in football right now, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, and A.J. Brown. Like A.J. Brown, I think, is the third guy at the moment. And over his past 13 games, which is pretty close to a full-season sample, over that 13 games... You extrapolate that out to 17, that's 1921 receiving yards. That's basically Cooper Cup's year from 2021, yeah. which is the greatest wide receiver season of all time. That's basically what A.J. Brown's been doing for 13 weeks. I don't think we think of him like that because it's such a run-heavy offense and it's the O-line, it's the tush-push. A.J. Brown is one of the best players in football, and I was glad that you know he got his time in the spotlight, where he basically outplayed Tyreek Hill on Sunday Night Football. I think, it, I, think it's, I think it's for a few reasons, right? I think it's because... Um, I mean, he came out of college. Like, he was a good prospect, wasn't great. Like, he was a second-rounder. Like, you know, he wasn't considered, like, the best of his class, yep. although. Um, and then he went to Tennessee, which, again, small market, run-heavy team. And it was he was Derek there. Henry's team. It was Derrick Henry's team. That's right. And so then, then he gets, again, he gets traded to Philadelphia again, another run-heavy team as well. It's also, and I know this is a dumb thing, and I think this is a Bill Simmons thing, um, but it's just like. I think if he had a cooler nickname or a cooler, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, A.J. Brown is just kind of a, a solid, basic name. Yeah. But, I mean, like, Tyreek Hill is like a, you know. Jamar like, Chase. Jamar yeah. Chase, right, exactly. Yeah. Even Cooper Cup. Like, yeah. it just, you know what I mean? Sure. It just, for whatever reason, A.J. Brown is just like a normal, all-American, you know, name. And it's just sort of like, ah, what, what are you doing? I'm going to dinner with my buddy A.J. Brown, you know? Like, whatever. He's three yeah. cubes down from me. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just like, you know, anyway. So, I think that's. For all whatever reasons, he doesn't get the national recognition he should as one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL and in fantasy, but he clearly is, and just the connection between him and Jalen Hurts. We thought this might happen when he got traded last year because they are close friends off the field prior to him playing for Philadelphia, and it's just it keeps getting better and better. So it's unbelievable. And this is what we said last week as well. I think in the preseason there was a thought that, you know, A.J. Brown, it was like 1A to Devontae Smith's 1B. There's a massive gap in, in terms of value between those two guys in, in fantasy football. Yep. And there is a way, Connor, now that you can take advantage of A.J. Brown being underrated. A.J. Brown on DraftKings is 18-1 to 1 to an Offensive Player of the Year. Jamar Chase is 20-1, to 1, so they're basically the same price. A.J. Brown has 250 more receiving yards than Jamar Chase, and he's on a, a way team. better team. Yeah. Uh, and this seems to be sustainable because, yes, the Eagles run the ball a ton, but when they do throw it, they only throw it to three guys, and A.J. Brown is clearly number one of those three. So I think A.J. is he's on pace to have one of the best wide receiver seasons in recent memory, and he can absolutely win that award if Tyreek falters a little. Since week three, he has a 33.5% target yeah. share. 33% target share. He's the second-best wide receiver in fantasy on a points-per-game basis since week three. And as we kicked off the conversation yeah. with fifth consecutive 125-plus yard game, we got to hear from A.J. Brown after the game on joining Megatron's company with that stat line. See, that's a good nickname, too, Megatron. Shout out to Calvin Johnson, man. Uh, uh, just, to, just to be uh, beside his name, you know, it says a lot. You know, I'm, I'm honored. You know, that guy's a, 
Hall of Fame receiver, you know, uh, something I hope to be one day. Each and every possession, I'm trying to stay locked in with my routes and my pad level and, you know, just making sure I catch the ball and, you know, breaking it down to the smallest of the tee, you know, um, and just trying to stay locked in for my team. You know, I'm not, you know, whatever I have at the end of the game is what I have at the end of the game, but, you know, whenever I get my opportunity, I know I got to come alive. So you know how Pro Football Reference always has nicknames next to the players' yeah, names? Yeah, yeah. AJ Brown's is Swole Batman. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Arthur Juan Brown, in parentheses, Swole Batman. Swole yeah. Batman? I can't have this. Yeah, I don't know if work. that's... I don't America know if people... needs the work. We give I'm nicknames like... to everyone. Devontae Smith, the Slim Reaper. That's already right. taken, it's, but it's, it's already used that. We need a new nickname for AJ Brown. Yeah. I'm, uh, if he's Thick the, if he, yeah, yeah. Well, if, that's what I am. That's what I'm. <laughs> AJ I'm Brown's the, that too. Yeah, well, you're the. If he's the swole Batman, <laughs> like what's what's Jay? Like you know, oh like yeah, the the you know the Australian Vegemite Batman. Batman? Yeah, yeah the Vegemite Batman. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Boomerang Batman. It, boomerang. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Boomerang Batman's not bad. Yeah. I'm like the bald Batman. That's what I am. Yeah. something like that. Or arguably not Batman at all. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just bald. Yeah. <laughs> just Matthew Barry. Yeah. So, besides yeah. AJ Brown, in terms of the pass catchers on the Eagles, <laughs> uh, Dallas Goddard with a good night, caught five of five targets, 77 yards and a touchdown. You had Dallas Goddard on on pregame football. I, I did it. Right? That was that was yeah, my Barry's. That was my best Barry's best bet. It was tight end day. I took the over on 40 and a half receiving yards. He cashed that actually on the first drive as well. We talked about the fact that feeling. Miami. He struggles against uh, tight ends. They were top 10 in the NFL coming into the game in terms of most yards allowed to the tight ends. And so Dallas Goddard, who was getting a lot of targets in the last three games, he's got a target share of over 20%. He's one of the top five fantasy tight ends in fantasy as well. So, you know, two of the last three games he's had over 18 fantasy points. Uh, he should have a, a nice little run here against my brutal commanders, Cowboys. There's a bye then uh, at Kansas City and Buffalo. So, Jay, while the success work con- cut out for them. continued for A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, once again, another, ni- another game under 10 points, 8.9 points. This is single-digit fantasy points in four of the last five games. Uh, some of the passes, like he had the one drop, but some of the passes were high. But he's just not the same focal point of this offense that some of the other guys are. Yeah, I think until this point, my thought has been there's just too much talent. It'll get right for Devontae Smith. Now I've turned. Now I think the alarm bells are ringing. He seems in his own head. That drop, like it was contested, but he, he Devontae catches Smith that. catches yes. that. That's a ball that he catches. He had the bad drops against the Jets. I think he's in his own head. Yeah. And he's kind of become the third guy on this passing offense because of how well Dallas Goddard is playing. So look. You're still starting Devontae Smith every week. I think it helps him that the Eagles either play the Commanders or outside of that, they have a brutal schedule upcoming, so they're going to have to be throwing the ball, you would expect. And still, it is still after AJ Brown and Dallas Scott. Like, there's no one else taking targets away from him. But I think that's, I think that's, a, that's a, a key point here. This offense, and candidly defense, is so good. The run game is so successful that they can, you know, they, they don't need to throw a ton, nor the, and their defense is so good that they, they don't often get into shootouts. And so I don't know that this offense has enough volume in its passing attack to support three fantasy-relevant pass catchers every single week. We know A.J. Brown is always going to get his. So, honestly, on any given week, it could be Dallas Goddard or it could be Devontae Smith as well. What's concerning to me, Jay, the most, I agree with you that the drops might be in his head. But five or fewer targets in four out of seven games this year. Like, they're in over half the games the Eagles have played this year, he just hasn't been a massive – forget the drops or what – you know what I mean? Like, he had the 11 targets last week. Fine. But whatever. When you're not an active part, when you're getting less – when you're that talented and you're getting less than five targets in four of seven games, five or fewer, 
that's a concern to me. And so I would, if we were ranking for the rest of the year, I think, I think you know, previously he was a high-end wide receiver too. I think you have to move him down to sort of like mid-tier wide receiver three territory. You are most likely starting him most weeks. But I, I think there's a scenario where I'm making it up, but you easily could have started your draft with a call it like, could have gotten Tyreek Hill in the middle of the first round, come back around to the end of the second, gotten Devontae Smith. You kind of went zero RB there. And maybe you picked up like Puka Nakua, you know, at somewhere. And then like, you're not starting Devontae Smith. No. If you have only two wide receivers, if you have two, if you're playing in a league with only two wide receivers and you got like Hill and Nakua or something like that. I mean, I'm just, I, I no longer think he is an absolute no brainer must start. I think more likely than not, you're starting him, but just, you know, you, you have to be concerned at this point. He's, he's wide receiver 39 so far this year. He's had single-digit fantasy points in four of the last five. Outside of Tyreek Hill, not a huge night for the Dolphins' offense. For Tua, 23-32, 216 yards, one touchdown, the really bad interception, um, you know, disappointing by Tua's standards. Outside the top 20 quarterback finishes yesterday. And it kind of trickled throughout the entire offense, guys. I mean, the run game could not get going against the Eagles front. Raheem Mostert, nine carries, 45 yards. Jeff Wilson didn't get a carry. He had one catch for four yards while kind of splitting reps, backup reps with Savon Ahmed. Just not a typical Dolphins uh, game format in terms of the run game. Yeah, I mean, Tua was on my love list as well. Right. So, like, got that one wrong. You know, just a swing and a miss. I, I mean, those my two biggest misses from this weekend were uh, thinking the – the Dolphins offense would show up against Philadelphia, which did not happen. And uh, the Colts-Browns game, which we'll get to. I got that completely wrong, left and right, uh, always, uh, six ways till Sunday. Um, for me, what happened there was, this, like, guy had no time. First off, it was a little bit, you know, they had, the, they had the quick pick six that's, you know, quote, stole a possession from them as well. So that was one thing. But just Tua just didn't have a lot of time. He also missed Jalen Waddle for a good chunk of the game. So that hurt as well. Tyreek Hill, I mean, first off, so Tyreek Hill ha- catches a touchdown that they call back due to penalty. There was another one where he catches it in stride and then like his knee goes up and it bounces off. And like and that, it, that's on Tyreek. That was that, two or three that perfectly. That's a walk-in touchdown. Correct. That would make his stats look a lot better. Correct. And so I, again, I think if, if nine times out of ty- at ten, Tyreek comes down with that and races off to the end zone. And I think the numbers and the narrative on Tua look different if he makes that play. So, um, you know, and again, like the officiating was certainly interesting last night, you know, um, uh, to say the least. So if they don't – now this one right here, what you're seeing right here, this play right here, which was the the attempted touchdown pass to Raheem Mostert that Slay picks off. And maybe they're – you know, I know on the broadcast they said that that was a clean play where they, where they, uh, where they grabbed Mostert. I don't know. I will say that one's a little bit on Tua because I think he should have thrown that, a, you know, I a agree. beat earlier. I think if he throws that a beat earlier and it gets there quicker, that's a touchdown for Mostert. They weren't going to bail out the quarterback throw on no. that one. That's why. Yes. So it was a bad throw. It was underthrown. Slade did a great job breaking off Waddle and grabbing the interception, and it's a bad mistake. Yeah. But but it's just, I guess, I'm not worried about Tua. No, no. I, I'm not worried about Tua. He'll be fine. I think in a football sense, it's a bit of a red flag that the Dolphins under Mike McDaniel since the midpoint of last year have lost every single big game that they've played. Like, they're just over. They, have, they lose every big game that they play. And I think a concern, Connor, is that the offensive line of Miami, which got shown up last night by a great defensive front, like, Teron Armstead is out for a yeah. while, and that has been masked until this point where I think the off- 
they've just been so good at getting the ball out quickly, but when they couldn't create separation quickly enough last night, then the offensive line seemed to really rear its head. And this is the story with them, right? Yeah. Theron Armstead misses time, yeah. and they have to patchwork. Th- I mean, Liam Eikenberg, a college tackle, is playing center, and he had some bad snaps last night too, which wasn't a problem for a couple weeks for yeah. him. But Isaiah Wynn gets hurt. He got rocked by Jalen Carter yep. on a rep and got hurt. They are really thin on the line. And, Jay, you're right. When teams try to take away quick game, It'll be interesting to see how the Dolphins react to that in the next it, coming it just, weeks. It just feels like – it almost feels like speed is almost all they have. And, it, I mean, listen, and that's a massive advantage most games. But, again, like it's just one of those things like when they get hit in the mouth, they're just like, um, right. we're just going to keep running fast. And it's just I, – I mean, I just – Philadelphia seemed like the tougher team, if that makes any sense, well, last night. They're just well, like – they're just better on both lines. Yeah. Like, so much more. Yeah, just, just, they're, just, they're just more physical. And sometimes you just can't run away, yep. if that makes any sense. Anyway, I don't know. But uh, – Anyway, back to the drawing board for Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. Fantasy-wise, they'll be fine. I'm not worried about Raheem Mostert either. Like, again, it just bad day at the office for the entire, uh, for the entire offense. Again, Tua throws that a beat earlier. He catches the touchdown pass. No one's worried about Mostert. We didn't really see anything from Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, until further notice, it is Raheem Mostert in the backfield for the Dolphins. And with that, we'll move on to Browns-Colts, a game that my pickup line was the under. And this game I bought it, by the way. The I mean, like, I, I believed in that line. I agreed with you. A shocking game, uh, really on multiple fronts. The Browns' defense, what Gardner Minshew was able to do, how efficient he was. Uh, Jonathan Taylor gets the touchdown on 18 carries and 75 yards. He also had three catches for 45 yards. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of conversation at the end of this game about some of the calls, whatever, from a fantasy perspective right now. Good yeah. day from the Colts offense in a brutal I, matchup. I mean, listen, I, like, I'm going to – you know what I'm doing? I'm patting myself on the back. This is what I'm doing. Taking the under? I'm, no, 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 no. I didn't take the <laughs> – I, I did take the under. That one's a bad call. I had, uh, I had Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss on the hate list. That was a bad call. Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought this was going to be a low-scoring game. That was all bad calls. But – I did have Josh Downs on the love list. There we go. So there you go. I got one. <laughs> one out of like whatever five in that game of the calls that I made. Um, there is clearly a connection as we keep – we've talked about Josh Downs here for a long time. He's the third best wide receiver in fantasy as we head into Monday Night Football. Over 100 receiving yards his first career game. So far this year with Gardner Minshew, we keep talking about this connection between him and Minshew. A 22% target share. Double-digit fantasy points in four of the last five games to the rookie. We've talked about him a lot, Connor, in terms of just what a perfect fit he is as kind of a PPR slot guy. It's, he's been phenomenal. He can really – and it, we saw him win down the field yesterday, yeah. which to me was really, really promising. And Gardner Minshew picked up on a free play and hit downs. And when you look at the rookie wide receivers right now, I mean, you're talking about um, Puka Nakua, of course. Mm-hmm. Josh Downs is right in the mix. Is one of the most productive rookie wide receivers right now. And that's only trending upwards, Jay. Yeah. This is going to continue with Gardner being the starter for the rest of the season. Yep, 100% agree. And I think from this game, the most interesting both football and fantasy element is just – how real was that Browns defensive performance? Because, you know, we're putting guys like Jonathan Taylor and, uh, and Zach Moss, you know, not on the shelf because it was by apocalypse, but, you know, shelf adjacent because of I, the matchup. Is I, this... I had Taylor at 18 and on the hate list. And yeah. I, I said, basically, you probably got, I, you got to start him, but just lower expectations. And that was wrong because yeah. his, he was great. So you think about the Browns defense and compare that to, so two weeks into the season, everyone's like, oh, this Cowboys defense is one of the best defenses of all time. And you look at the names, it's like, it makes sense. All right, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore. You always looked at the Browns off defense, and it's like, all right, well, Miles Garrett's amazing. But outside of that, it's like, 
I like Greg Newsom. I think yeah. he's pretty Denzel solid. Ward. Denzel Ward had a down year last year. Maybe he's back. But, Connor, do you think this Browns defense is, you know, the all-world unit that it was statistically through the first six weeks, or is it a little vulnerable? I think you go back to last year and think of their one big problem, is that you could run on the interior. And they yeah. cleaned up a lot of that this year. They went to the offseason. They got Jim Schwartz. They cleaned up a lot of that. But you could still see some of the leaky faucet there. And that's what I want to see how teams test them. And in this game, when you look at the Colts, 18 carries for Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries for Zach Moss. Gardner Minshew was effective running in yep. the red zone. That's the thing I want to see how the Browns react because it can't just all be Miles Garrett, Jay. Yep. And to be fair, Miles Garrett did yes. almost win the game by <laughs> yes. himself in the first half. He had two strip sacks, one that led to a touchdown and then blocked a field goal as well. Yeah, right now on DraftKings, he's third favorite for defensive player of the year. Third. He should be first with a bullet. He is the best defensive player in the game right now and, and played like it yesterday. Uh, outside of that for the Colts, I mean, Minshew... I think the passing game for the Colts was a little bit more fluky. Really bad missed tackle on Michael Pittman for that long uh, reception. And Minshew, I mean, he's going to provide more value through the air to the receivers than Anthony Richardson did, but I, I'm not too excited about he's a, he's a bot. He's, you know, listen, the, the two rushing touchdowns were nice, but not something you would expect to happen. He's a nice bi-week fill-in. But I think the positives are is that if you roster Michael Pittman, if yep. you have the running backs, if you have Josh Downs, he's going to be good enough to keep them afloat fantasy-wise. We've thought this all along. To me, the big story of this game, other than just the shocking nature of it and the crazy back and forth and like two deep one what we thought was elite defense and one we thought was solid defense and certainly should have been better against pj walker the fact that you know almost 80 points were scored in this game um what i will say is i think the running backs let's start with indianapolis this is now jonathan taylor's backfield so i mean you know again 21 touches 120 total yards that was a season high for him as well it was also a season high snap rate for him as well you see it there on your screen 49 percent to 51 percent for zach moss in terms of the snaps but that's the again jonathan taylor's he went from 10 snaps to like 20 to like 41 i think now at 49 i expect that next week he will lead the team in snaps Zach Moss still playing well, by the way. Zach Moss is still playing well, but Taylor has the big day here as well in terms of uh, in terms of that. He gets in the end zone and, of course, immediately gets drug tested as soon as he gets, he gets in the end zone, as uh, Jonathan Taylor tweets out. Uh, very funny. Back-to-back games with four more targets and 45 receiving yards, which is exciting as well. Taylor's usage in the passing game. I don't think Zach Moss goes away, but, you know, they play the Saints next week, which is not a great matchup, but... Neither was the Browns, and they both did that. Again, they're committed to the run under Gardner Minshew. So, uh, you know, I think Taylor, starting next week, is an RB1. And Zach Moss is still like a viable flex. Yep, agreed. A strong day for the Browns' backfield as well. Both Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt finishes top 13 running backs. Deshaun Watson gets hurt in this game. P.J. Walker comes in. Pretty good workload. Specific. That was weird, it was too, by the way, because he, get, because, like, he goes out for a concussion, the concussion protocol. He clears the concussion protocol, right? But then they stick with P.J. Walker? I know. And it's, but they couldn't rule out the Sean because if Walker got injured, then they needed him to come in. But it's like, yes. well, if uh, Patrick Mahomes had gotten cleared, I think Patrick Mahomes is coming Plays back in it. the game. Uh, I think that... The key there is that Deshaun looked terrible before he got concussed. Yeah. Or, he's uh, he's bad. Concussed. Like, let's just be open about this. Deshaun Watson is a bad NFL quarterback right now. He is he's certainly playing like it. The sample the, size as a yeah. Brown has been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. He had one really good game against the Titans. Outside right. of that, every game has been bad yeah. uh, for Deshaun. And he didn't look it, right in, with Deshaun in, in, fa- in fairness, 
a quarter of a billion dollars does not buy what it used to these days. Inflation, everything it's like true. that. Things exactly. are a little different now. Hey, exactly. They spent so that quarter billion on Russell Wilson. They might win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson at least is it's a grim competent. conversation. That is yeah. a grim conversation. <laughs> yeah. That is very grim. Uh, <laughs> by, the, by the way, they, they could have they could have saved you know um, 249 billion of that. 249 million of that, Minshew? and just gotten Minshew or Josh Dobbs. <laughs> not trade Josh and, Dobbs. And uh, yeah, not honestly, just not even trade Josh Dobbs, and they'd have been fine. Maybe yeah. they can trade back for him now. Yeah. Anyways, one thing we'll keep an or eye Jacoby on. Jacoby Brissett, honestly, they should have just honestly they should no. have. And re, real, real talk, they should have just resigned Jacoby Brissett. But one anyway, thing whatever. we'll keep an eye on throughout the week on this game is Jerome Ford with an ankle injury was yeah. seen in a protective boot after the game. That's from the Athletics Zach Jackson who covers the team. So we'll have uh, a lot of updates throughout the week on that. Our defense said that Watson will play. He will be the starter next week. He's yeah. fine. So right. that'll yeah. be fine. But to your point, Jerome Ford had a really, uh, a really nice game here. Had the big one, uh, 69-yard touchdown in the very first minute of the game. Uh, but the the ankle injury that you mentioned happened in the fourth quarter. I just think this is, and we'll get more into this tomorrow during waiver wire. But Pierre Strong came in, played 61% of the snaps after Jerome Ford went down. It'll be Kareem Hunt and uh, Pierre Strong in that order if Jerome Ford has to miss time. Uh, again, they play the Seahawks next week and then Arizona. So, um, be interesting. We'll get more into that uh, tomorrow on the Waiver Wire Show. Our next game, the Lions traveled to Baltimore, and it did not go well for them as Lamar Jackson went wild. 21 of 27 for 357 yards, three touchdowns. He had nine carries for 36 yards and another touchdown. Jay, is Lamar right back in the MVP race after this monster performance? I think so. I think he's the second favorite behind Patrick Mahomes, who we will get to. This is the best Lamar has looked to me since 2019 when he won MVP unanimously. And we've been waiting for this high-octane Todd Munkin offense. Well, it finally surfaced against what to this point had been a pretty good Detroit Lions defense. But, I mean, this game was all about Lamar. He was magnificent on the ground, uh, but particularly through the air with the 357 passing yards. 21 of 27, gets the three touchdowns as well, uh, and he looked all-world, Connor. He really did. I was, I was just sorry to jump yeah. in here. No, I was good. just going to say, because Lamar's been inconsistent. I, I, did, a, I did a thing on, uh, on the post-game show where they asked me about Lamar, and we were talking about the sense that, you know, he's had a couple of games with over 28 fantasy points, and then he's had a couple where, you know, like, you know, less than 15. Like, yeah. just he's been very up and down this entire year. This is the most fantasy points he's had a game in since, since week three of last year as well. They play Arizona next, then they're home to Seattle, home to a suddenly vulnerable-looking Cleveland Browns defense, and then they play the Bengals on Thursday night football. So the schedule's lining up for if it's all come together in this Munkin offense, offense, which we think it is. One last thing I just want to say before we move off of. So, Lamar, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, potential league winner the rest of the way, the guy that you draft him be. Shout out to Lawrence Jackson, though, because when we did shot for shot on fantasy football pregame, one of his shots was over was 350 total yards and four touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. Call your shot, hit your <laughs> shot. Props to Lawrence Jackson. Come on. Lord, don't lose. That's a great call <laughs> by Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lord does not lose. Listen, one positive from this game for the Lions, and there was a lot of negatives from Aaron Glenn's defense, but on the offensive side of the ball, no David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs, 11 carries, 68 yards, nine catches for 58 additional yards. That's the Jameer Gibbs we were expecting. Exactly. Season. Career high, 10 targets this week. He came into the week with 18 targets all season long, so using him in the passing game and seeing him get – Camara-like usage without, like, um, no, but, like, without, like, you know, just dump-offs, but actually, like, big plays. He saw 86% of the snaps with David Montgomery out. 
74% of the snaps in the two games without Dave Montgomery. And we expect Montgomery to lose, to miss a couple of more games here. And so, yes, this was the Jameer Gibbs breakout game that we've been waiting for. It's awesome to see. And in a game in which much did not go right for the Lions, Jameer Gibbs was a bright spot. Chargers Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, monster day, 34-42, 424 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. That Chiefs offense, Jay, was absolutely in control. Here's the craziest thing about Mahomes and Kelsey right now. At one point against the Chargers, Kelsey and Mahomes connected on 28 straight targets, dating back to week five. Per next-gen stats, the odds of that happening, 0.03%. These guys are locked in. That's quite low. Uh, We're just watching this game, and I I think I watched just about every second of this because I'm watching every Chiefs game, so I have all these Mahomes MVP tickets. And just watching the game. And you're a Swifty. And I'm a Swifty. That's the other part of that. Just watching the game, it became clear that Mahomes is just so much better at the sport than everyone else is. This is like watching Roger Federer in 2006. Yeah. It's like watching Usain Bolt. He's just that much better. And just the confidence that he's going to make the right play. His line, 34 of 42 for 424 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. He left money on the table in this. Kelsey had a bad drop. There was a fumble that killed off a uh, scoring drive approaching the red zone. Uh, Mahomes, even the interception that he threw, he's just so smart in understanding what wins football games. Like, he is the one guy in the league who just, on third and long, if he's got nothing on, I'm throwing it deep. Because maybe I can draw a pass interference. Maybe there'll be a play. And it's an interception. And it doesn't matter because it was just a punt, basically. He's just playing at such an insane level right now. Kelsey is right. And to me, Matthew, the big story out of the game, though, from a fantasy perspective, is Rasheed Rice continues to trend upwards. A thousand percent. He's now had 60 more receiving yards in back-to-back games. His third straight game with double-digit fantasy points. He scored a touchdown in two of the last three games. A season-high 59% snap rate. We keep saying this. I've been saying this all season long. Rasheed Rice is coming. This is going to be a thing. This is going to be a thing. Well, I think it's now a thing, right? Six targets on the game, as you see it there on your screen. More than MVS, more than Isaiah Pacheco. The only pass catcher that had more targets on the Chiefs is, of course, number 87. And so Rasheed Rice feels like they have found something. They, you know, and, and I think we we have seen this in fantasy for a long time. You know, I think back last year in terms of uh, in terms of Christian Watson, in terms of. Chris Olave, you know, rookie wide receivers that sort of started dominating over the second half of the year. Rasheed Rice obviously doesn't have the pedigree that those guys do, but he does have the quarterback and the offensive system around him and not a lot of competition for targets outside of Kelsey. So this is a real thing. This is a real thing. As we head into Monday Night Football, he's the 13th best wide receiver in fantasy. Yep. And, Connor, I think just looking at just the way that the box score broke down for Kansas City, this is how the offense should look. Yep. Kelsey is the monster. He gets the share of the targets. Rasheed Rice is your wide receiver one. Then MBS is kind of the next guy. And then you give Pacheco and McKinnon some work in the passing game. It's been so uneven to this point. The Chiefs offense, it finally clicked yesterday. Yeah, it feels like the Sky Moore experiment, too. They're like, it, we're they, done. They're yeah, trying to make it a thing yeah. so many times, and they can't make it a thing. Yeah, and they Brought back Michael Hardman. Okay, great, and he'll yeah. he'll increase some stats. But he's he's yeah. gonna right. He's gonna he's gonna have a couple. He's gonna have a package. He'll play some special teams. Be fine. But yeah, I agree with you right there. Um, the the only thing that was crazy to me was just how open Kelsey was. It's like yeah. this is not a new thing, Brandon yeah. Staley. Like at some point, maybe double him, maybe triple him. Not like, sure what? Staley's gonna be the coach when these teams play. Again I, I mean, dude, season. like it was just like he was just wide open and. Part of that on some Kelsey, just the brilliance of him finding gaps in the in in the zone and just being able to like be somewhere and him and Mahomes just kind of playing playground basketball out there. But still, like, dude, no, no. what are you doing? 
It was a disappointing game for the Chargers, and it wasn't just their defense. It was from a fantasy perspective. Justin Herbert comes in as QB 20. Not a good game for Herbert. Austin Eckler under six points. Not a top 35 running back as it stands right now. If you're looking for anything, Josh Palmer is the guy, not Quentin Johnston Mm -hmm. when Mike Williams got hurt. Five catches for 133 yards for Josh Palmer. Uh, Quentin Johnson, two targets. 24% target share since week number four. So, uh, 100%. Like, he's a legit part of an offense that's clearly going to be needing to throw quite a bit. Bad day at the office for Herbert and Eckler. You're not worried about they, they play Chicago next week. Watching Herbert on the sideline, now he's kind of grown out the facial hair. You know, it reminds me of, reminds mm-hmm. me of Andy Roddick. Just watching Roger Federer across on the other sideline because my home's is just answer. a little yeah. bit better. Uh, is that our I, second? Fe- is that our second Federer? Federer? To like, be fair, it was part of the same kind of cogent. Two tennis comps. Old tennis comps too. Like hey, I've got a like, Pete Sampras one yeah. coming later. The NBA yeah. comps are Great. out. Tennis comps are Bjorn Borg. Yeah. Von Lundell. Do you want to just like let's like really alienate our entire audience, like people that have no one ever heard of? Anyway, the Chargers play the Bears next Sunday night right here on NBC and Peacock. Blockbuster. Last one on this game. Yeah. <laughs> Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. Well, that's why there's betting in fantasy. Exactly. And part of that, so Justin Herbert has left about 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns on the table for Keenan Allen in the past week, just with bad throws. Yeah. So Keenan Allen, one that was he, wide is, open. he is a lot better uh, than his stats. Nice. All right. Last game quickly here, guys. The Steelers at the Rams. Another game that kind of went much differently than many of us thought. Here's, we'll start with the backfield. Darrell Henderson... Brought from the practice squad, 18 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Really no ramping up Daryl Henderson. Royce Freeman gets 12 carries for 66 yards. Zach Evans didn't play a snap. No, I mean, dude, for everyone that spent a lot of fab on Zach Evans, like it's crazy. But we talked about this on Fantasy Football Pregame extensively, if you, if you missed it. What we talked about that it was going to be Henderson and Freeman. Henderson ends up getting the, uh, getting the touchdown. I mean, Freeman played 42% of the snaps. He got 12 for 66. Yeah, he was fine. It was a little bit of – he was fine. Henderson's the one who converts it. 58% of the snaps. He had 19 touches. His most touches since week 12, 2021. You're saying activated from the practice squad. Activated from his couch. Yes. Like a week ago, he was sitting at home watching fantasy football pregame, drinking Dollaritas. <laughs> I'm assuming. In a Matthew uh, Berry costume. Yeah, in a Matthew Berry costume. So, um, Henderson, and it is, just as we talked about on fantasy football pregame, like, McVeigh is generally fairly honest. And he talked up Henderson. He talked up Freeman. He was kind of like Zach Evans. Eh, Zach's continuing to learn. He was just very uh, lukewarm here. So that, I think, obviously is the answer going forward. It'll be Henderson and Freeman. We'll talk about more of them tomorrow on the Waiver Wire show. Another huge game for Puka Nakua. I think the important thing here is, so great, Puka's a stud. We know that. Uh, Deontay Johnson makes his return here as well. And his first game back since week one, a 26% target share. He's played two games this year. He has at least six targets. You see Puka there on your screen as I'm talking up Deontay Johnson but because um, I'm trying to whip through this quickly. But the, I, I'm not worried about Cooper Cup. I no, guess no, he'll, that's be a, he'll be fine. I don't know why they just didn't throw the ball more in this game. They ran it a little bit too much. Last thing here, my man, Najee Harris, who I've staked my good. Michael Thomas for, gets in the end zone you. on Thursday. What a week for Jay. Najee Harris. My two, Everything's coming my up, two best friends, my family members, <laughs> MT and uh, NH, as yeah. I call them. Najee Harris, RB12 right now, Jay. Oh, Selling high? Superstar. Selling no, high? No. Okay, right buying, buying more shares. So. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. I don't know. I think, it was, I think it was fine. I think this backfield is what it is. <laughs> fine. It's magnificent. 14 uh, to 53. Love that. Uh, look, it, 57% of the team snaps, which is the most since week two. This is great. It's, he's now had 15 or more touches in five straight games, so that's positive. I mean, the workload's there. I still would rather have Jalen Warren. But, um, but, yes, Najee Harris, suddenly useful. Yes. Useful. He's All like right. a young Matthew Berry out there. Useful. Not great. 
but useful. All right, with that, we're taking our first break. When we're back, we got Weekend Warriors and Sunday Scaries coming right up. But before we get there, basketball season is almost here, and that means one thing. It's draft season. Get the Roto World Basketball Draft Guide, which includes all the rankings, player outlooks, and projections you need to win your league this year. Go to NBCSports.com to get your draft guide now and use preseason 25 to save 25% off and receive a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. We'll be back right after this. Doors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Throw in some music. We can watch the game. Or we could keep it simple. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. They're running back Deontay Foreman. Mooney in motion. Come at the slot to the right. Snap back. Bajan. With time. Going to zip it right. Caught. Deontay Foreman inside the two, breaks a tackle, and plows in to the paint. Touchdown, touchdown Bears. His third touchdown, first through the air, two on the ground, and the Bears up 17 on the visiting Raiders. Weekend Warriors, headlined, of course, by Deontay Foreman. Of course. Your RB1 right now. Once forgotten about Deontay Foreman. No, man. That- that sound you heard was his third score. Yes, yeah. third score of the weekend. Roshan Johnson was out. Deontay Foreman with a massive performance, Matthew. Yeah, you know, that running back list of leaders, you know, and Gus Edwards at five, just like we all drove it up. <laughs> but yeah, it through the air. Deont- Deontay Foreman, uh, obviously career high in fantasy points. He, over the last two weeks with, you know, Khalil Herbert is on IR and Roshan Johnson has been out. He's been in the concussion protocol. Deontay Foreman has had 35 touches. He's averaging 116 uh, yards a game in any game in which he's gotten 15 touches since the start of last season, right? Eight games. And so when he gets work, he's been very, very effective as well. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that, that uh, reception. Like he had 16 for 89, two touchdowns, three receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. Of course, the uh, passing touchdown coming from T-Bag, Tyson Bajant who uh, wins in his debut. You see it there on your screen as well. 
It'll be interesting to see. So, again, they play the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. As we head into Monday Night Football, he is the number one running back in fantasy. We'll see if Roshan Johnson is cleared from the concussion protocol. This has been going on for a while now. It's been over two weeks that he's been in. But feels like even if Johnson is back, Herbert is still on IR. Feels like Foreman has played well enough to earn a piece of this backfield. Yeah, and so what the Bears were doing when it was Herbert and Roshan was first two series of the game, they go to Herbert, third series goes to Roshan. When he comes back, I reckon that's the exact same thing, except Deontay is in the the, uh, Herbert role. Right. I think so, too. You can't take him off the field completely right now. Another weekend warrior, Mike Evans, catches six of eight targets, 82 yards and a touchdown, Jay. Uh, Mike Evans has been really, really consistent this year. Yeah, tough game of football, this one. Not yeah, the most exciting. A very fitting NFC South showdown. The Falcons are plus 100 to win their division. That's a disgrace. And I'm not saying the odds are wrong. It's just the fact that we've gotten here in, in the world uh, is not ideal. No, it's, uh, everything around the Falcons is a disgrace. Don't like, make something scary. Don't worry. The, 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 good. I want to uh, get into that. But Mike Evans, I mean, he just continues to produce. He has a good rapport with Baker Mayfield. He goes 6 for 82 and a touchdown on the eight targets. Baker is good enough to provide value for That's his receivers. Point, yeah. And he's not, he hasn't been great from a football sense, but he's like Gardner Minshew. He can get the ball to his guys. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, the subject of trade chatter throughout the week. He comes out and has a big game, catches all six of his targets, 76 yards, and a touchdown. We'll see if Sutton ultimately stays in Denver these next couple of weeks, Matthew. But he had a really good game. By the way, he's had a bunch of good yeah. games. Like, I mean, to the extent that the Denver Broncos have been able to move the ball, you know, uh, Jerry Judy's out there arguing with guys on the sideline, you know, a report former, you know, Steve Smith's of the world. Meanwhile, Cortland Sutton's just going out and producing. He has scored in five of seven games so far this year. He's had double-digit fantasy points in six of seven games. Like, he is Russell Wilson's preferred target as well. As we head into Monday Night Football, he's the seventh-best wide receiver in fantasy football, and... This is all very viable. They play the Chiefs next. They're going to have to throw against Kansas City. I mean, he scored the last time they played the Chiefs, even though that was a lower-scoring game than any of us thought. He still scored an unbelievable catch against Kansas City in prime time. So, yeah, good for Cortland Sutton, blocking out the noise and just focusing on, you know, making, uh, making plays. Quietly one of the best red zone receivers in the NFL this season. The Giants get a win over your commanders, led by Tyrod Taylor. But, Jay, even more importantly, led by Darren Waller. Darren Waller, seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Had that huge touchdown catch, too, towards the, in the second half of this game. Yeah, coming into the season, Darren Waller was drafted as a top-five tight end. He looked like it against the commanders. Seventh, 98, has the eight targets, which is the key. Daniel Jones going to get his job back? Because Tyrod Taylor's played pretty well Dable's the past two weeks. comments were odd this morning, too. He really didn't want to address much of that question. He said he didn't have a health update on Jones as they get ready for the Jets on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, I assume it's going to be Jones because of the contract coming back. But right. Tyrod Taylor has played better than Jones has all this season. Uh, either way, I think Darren Waller, he's an automatic starter tight end every single week. Always has been, but what's positive here is a 39% target share in this game, and he's had at least a 21% target share in five of the past six games. Two of the last three, seven for 85, at least seven receptions at at least 85 receiving yards. He's also been getting some end zone targets as well. It was nice that my commanders decided not to completely hold him and mug him the way the Bills did in the game before. Um, yeah, we'll talk hopefully more about this game in Sunday Scaries. Um, but, yeah, the ex- I would agree with you. I think Daniel Jones probably gets his job back, but maybe they're like, eh, take, you your, know, time. T- take your time. Yep. Because, I- again... Even though, even though Tyrod Taylor had like 
you know, one of the most boneheaded plays this year in terms of the time management at the end of the first half against Buffalo. Overall, he's played very well, and the Giants have been, for whatever reason, they've been more competitive under Tyrod Taylor than they have Daniel Jones this season. I also think Brian Dable, in a weird way, I'm not sure he's coaching for his job, but I'm not sure he's that far off with how poorly the season started. I think Tyrod probably might give them a better chance to win games until Jones proves that he's 100% right. He's, he, you know, the general manager is his, his buddy from Buffalo, and he's the co- coach can't of the year. Three can't, and fourteen. He can't go three and fourteen. I, I, he, he won the coach of the year last year. I, I think if he goes three and fourteen, I'm with you. Okay, that's tough. That's tough. Dwayne, to uh, use another he, non-football uh, analogy, Dwayne Casey won coach of the year uh, for the Raptors and was sacked the same season. So you never know sometimes. That's, yeah. that's a good point. If there's one positive though, the Giants play the Commanders again. They'll win that game. So <laughs> yeah, there's, true, there's, true. they've got at least another yeah, win on the board. That gets yeah. them to three. Gets so them to, yeah. our final weekend warrior, Dalton Kincaid, eight catches, 75 yeah. yards, yeah. season high in targets, receptions, and yards. Matthew Kincaid, who was probably dropped by some people during his injury. Yeah. Uh, will be a popular waiver wire target this week. And we'll talk about it more tomorrow. Yeah. Like, it's a really nice game to see. Bills just don't look right offensively. Uh, but, you know, listen, he's been under 65% of snaps in every game since week one, and this game was no, uh, no different. Just 61% snap share. He's got a 3.7 yards average depth of target. Like, it's all dink and dunk stuff. And I, I just, you know, again, tight end, the bar for success at tight end is so low. Yes, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but I'm not – I need to see it again before I'm ready to be like, yeah, absolutely, Dalton Kincaid. It's a whole thing. So let's get to Sunday Scaries. Of course, we find a way to have the Falcons in this. Uh, Arthur Smith and fantasy football, just yeah. a very weird duo quite often. Bijan Robinson leads our Sunday Scaries. He had one rush for three yards at halftime. Arthur Smith said the la- Robinson's lack of work in the first two quarters was a result of the running back just not feeling all that great. Seems to have a migraine. Bijan. Yeah. So I guess you could throw he, it out. You just throw the game out, and he'll be back you, you, you next week. You couldn't, you couldn't throw a couple of Advil down his throat and, I mean, like, call it a day? Strange. Like what's, very strange. I mean, he was he was dressed. It, it's a shocking and it's fascinating thing. By the way, and I'll just say uh, this, which is really nice. I saw this. DraftKings, our friends at DraftKings, they're refunding every single bet that had Bijan in it. If, it if, if you had a parlay that cashed every leg except for the Bijan leg, they're refunding that as well. So, anyway, details there with DraftKings. It'll happen in the next 48 hours. So, they're taking care of every one of that. This is just so weird because he wasn't on the injury report at all. Nope. This is awful. As somebody who has Bijan Robinson in all four of my guillotine leagues, mm. it was not great. <laughs> not great. Luckily, I have Lamar Jackson in a number of them. I think I'm going to survive. But still, it was not a good day at the office. I guess you just have to throw it out and, like, but whatever. Well, listen, fantasy managers, you drafted somebody coached by Arthur Smith. You know what you were getting into. It is what it is. Drake Lund, like, whatever. He terrorizes us. <laughs> it's, he, he hates us he, with a fiery a, passion. Uh, he's a menace to fantasy He's a menace. Football. Yeah, the yeah. government he's needs a menace. to check in on this. You know, I'm going to dress up for Halloween. I'm going to dress up as, as Arthur Smith, and I'm scared <laughs> fantasy managers. Yeah. That's, what it, that's a good costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. Our next Sunday Scaries member, Josh Jacobs, 11 carries, 35 yards. He had one six-yard catch. It was just a bad day for the Raiders all around. It seemed like they were getting Devontae Adams going early, and then he kind of fell out of favor. But what are you going to do? Like, Josh Jacobs, you have to start him every week. It's yeah, just a mess right, right. now. 100%. Right. The, like, Hoyer like, yeah, like, the, 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 that's the other thing. It's like, the, just the quarterback. There's, they expect Jimmy Garoppolo back last, next week, and I think the offense will look a lot better. Hoyer was terrible. He got replaced by Aiden O'Connell. Give the Bears credit, by the way. After being brutal, they've – They've turned it around a little yeah. bit. They're starting to play, uh, playing a little bit better here as well. And this last one, Connor, this was tough for me. Aaron Jones, free Aaron Jones, 36% snap rate. And the Packers may not be good. They're not good. Jordan Love is 
He's not I'm good. pulling the all fire alarms yeah, on Jordan. I'm saying enough. I, I don't love him out. And it's everyone else. I, I have on my dynasty league. I grabbed Sean Clifford. <laughs> Just for S and G's, what a great way to <laughs> well, go to it might break. be more than S and G's by week fifteen. Who knows? <laughs> you right. know what S and G's means, uh, Jay? I don't believe we have that right. in Australia. All right, no. come here. I'm going to explain to you. Hang on. Exactly <laughs> what S and G's. So, so the here. S, what the walk? S stands yeah. for? Okay, is it stands for the word? NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. My cat Rachel is the silliest cat I know. One time she played inside a paper bag for three hours. What a mystery. But I'm glad her health isn't. Thanks to the color-changing litter from Fresh Step Crystal's health monitoring litter. This premium color-changing litter has pH-activated crystals that can help me detect potential illness early. That makes it easy for me to stay on top of her health and well-being. I may not understand all of Rachel's silly quirks, but I can keep up with the important things. Find Fresh Step Crystals Health Monitoring Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. And right, and then the, then the G stands for giggles. Is that right? Yes, oh, yes see, that's what it is. Oh, right? see, so now you know what S and G stands for, right? You got the S and then the G is no, the giggles, right? There you go. Sense, Here yeah. are the most bet Monday Night Football props on DraftKings right now. Brandon Ayuk receptions over four and a half. That on DraftKings is at minus 130. Very popular. We'll see if it moves. Brandon Ayuk receiving yards over 69 and a half. Brock Purdy passing touchdowns over one and a half. Ayuk alternate receiving yards, 100 plus. That's three plus 300. Josh Metellus tackles and assists <laughs> over five and a half. Does the public know something Josh on Josh Metellus that um, Josh Metellus. the people up here do not? Those I don't people know. can pick Josh Metellus out of a lineup they've done well. Jay, are you are you uh, tailing Josh Metellus or you have something else no, up your sleeve? I'm not tailing I, Josh Metellus. I will like the Brock Purdy. I will say the Brock Purdy over one and a half passing touchdowns I like as well because I do think that's where you want to attack Minnesota's in the secondary as well. Yeah. Uh, so normally it is scary betting an under in a primetime game, particularly as previously in this segment I've taken under on Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, which is terrifying. Not as terrifying going under on Alexander Madison's rushing sure. yards, which is set at 45 and a half. He's gone under in four of his six games. I think at some point this is just going to flip and become Cam Akers' backfield because of how Madison has just struggled, frankly. And now he goes up against 49ers' run defense, which hasn't been amazing this season, but still has the same personnel of what was a top-two rush defense uh, in the NFL last season. So I think Madison goes under 45.5 in a tough uh, game script for Minnesota. Yeah, I like that call, especially in a, when you think about that. I mean, again, Niners are up to a touchdown. That's minus seven. Sorry, but they're a touchdown favorite in this game. So, again, Vikings get down. They probably abandon the run as well. He did get a lot of work last week. Cam Akers didn't do much last week. But, and uh, he still um, went under. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 
I like that bet as well. I'm also on the Minnesota side in terms of a bet here. Give me Jordan Addison over 51.5 receiving yards. Look, he's been over this number in every single game this year where he's gotten six or more targets. I think that with no Justin Jefferson, he should get a ton of targets here as well. Last week he played basically every offensive snap as well. Um, Look, the 49ers – uh, as good as they are defensively, they have allowed over 60 receiving yards to wide receiver in four out of six games this year. Again, they'll be trailing, they'll be throwing, the Vikings will be. So, yeah, give me the over 51 and a half uh, receiving yards for Jordan Addison tonight. Guys, the most bet prop board filled with Brandon Ayuk. No surprise, Debo Samuel dealing with the small fracture in his shoulder. We'll see how limited McCaffrey is. We know he's going to play. I like one that's not on the board, though. Brandon Ayuk, longest reception over 25 and a half yards. He's done this in two of the last three games. And most importantly, I think the opportunity will be there tonight. Yep, and Flores blitzes uh, significantly exactly. more than any defensive coordinator in the league. So you'd expect with that, going to be higher variance, going to be more chunk plays for the Niners available. Chris McCaffrey, anytime touchdown, is up to minus 200 now. Does he get it? I think it's for the 400th time in a row. Uh, I think he will get it. Yeah. <laughs> he catches God, that. Minus 200 on an eight. As well. All right, well, listen, why don't you throw a bet on the game just for S&Gs? It's closing time, which means you can't stay here, but you gotta go home. I said that in Philly. I'm saying that here. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew. Good luck tonight. I hope your Monday Night Miracles come through. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Peace out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.